Good morning, everyone. My name is Brogan Gamble, and I am a 2020 graduate from Cornerstone University with my bachelor's in psychology. Today, we welcome you to the Crossroads Church and Ministries May 31st, 2020 online service, where we are celebrating the high school and college graduates. Um, it has been a wild year to graduate, but we are thankful that we have um, God's guidance to bring us through that. Um, as students, as in life, we know that we need God's guidance, whether that is wearing a mask when we go outside or just um, planning our next big decision in life. We always need God's guidance. Um, so today we choose to celebrate the graduates and celebrate the ability to sing and worship and love God and serve our Lord, um, even if it's at a distance. Um, so to my fellow graduates, I say congratulations, and let's make the choice to love God and to serve the Lord in a deeper way today. Oh 
Class of 2020 senior at Marshall High School, and in the fall, I will be attending Grand Valley University to study public relations and marketing. Today's call to worship scripture is from Deuteronomy chapter 30, and it states, See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Have a blessed day. Good morning, everybody. Hey, we have got some good news for you this weekend, and we're grateful to be able to spend some time and uh, to talk with one another, to think about the choices that we make, and to listen to uh, uh, Pastor Scott even talk about that today. But we do celebrate uh, our graduates, and uh, we got to hear a little bit from Brogan and from Morgan uh, a little bit earlier. Grateful for them for starting us off. And uh, we've got one more graduate to hear from in just a little bit. So they're representing uh, a lot of our awesome graduates uh, who have graduated either from college or from high school uh, in these past few weeks. And we know that it's a difficult, challenging time to graduate, uh, but we know that their lives are still filled with future and a great hope. And so we do celebrate with them on on this day. And so today, uh, we wanted to sing with you again a song we introduced last week called Lean Back. And so we do together lean back into the loving arms of our God, knowing that when we choose God, that He can be trusted. God can be trusted, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we're grateful for that today. And so let's sing along. Before 
Well, as we get ready to receive communion, gather your bread and wine or juice, and whether you're by yourself or with others, we're going to remember what Christ did for us. This is Pentecost Sunday. It's the celebration of what happened in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples in that upper room. They were filled with God's Spirit and they spoke with other tongues and they went out on the street and gave the message of Christ to people in their own language. And I have to say, if there's ever a time we need to learn the language of others and speak the language of others, it's right now. With all that has happened in Minneapolis and other parts of our world, friends, we cannot let racism divide us. We cannot let those systems of this world be what is leading the way. We must let Pentecost lead the way. We want to let the Spirit of God fill us and bring us to a world where we say, I want to, I, I want to speak to you in your language. I want to understand you in your language. In my house growing up, my dad was a part of the civil rights movement, but not only did he walk in those civil rights marches, but he actually brought people of different ethnicities and skin color and cultures and socioeconomic backgrounds right at our table. And we were trained in a way as kids to not see people as other than us, but to want to hear their story. And I wonder about all of us, you know, as we watch what's happening in our world, how many times have we had people at our table that have a different skin color or a different experience in life? See, the disciples were gathering in that upper room. And of course, the last time they had been in an upper room, some of those disciples had experienced communion. And this is not lost on me, that communion is about being in common union with God's Spirit, learning the language of the Spirit, learning nonviolent communication, and actually gathering together and saying, oh, I'm going to speak your language so that you can understand me. And I want to learn your language. And so friends, the only way to, to end racism in our world is to speak the words of the Holy Spirit, to speak in other tongues, to learn the language of our neighbor. And so today, Lord Jesus, as we remember what you did in the upper room, that you took bread and you broke it, and you said, take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body given for you, broken for you. And every time you eat it, remember me. And after supper, you took the cup and you lifted it up and you said, take this, all of you, and drink it. This is the cup of the new covenant written in my own blood. This covenant is for you and all people so that sins will be forgiven. And every time you drink it, remember me. And friends, communion is about being present to the presence of the Holy Spirit, being present to remembering Christ, being present to this move of the Spirit to learn how to be the presence of God in the world and to bring that presence. And so together, we take this bread and wine and we say, come Lord Jesus, fill us with your spirit and teach us how to speak 
I was spirit. Even as Pastor Claire has led us in communion this morning, we remember as we take the bread and the wine, giving thanks to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I take the bread of life, broken for all my sin. Your body crucified To make me whole again I will recall the cup Poured out in sacrifice To trade this sinner's end For your new covenant Hallelujah I live my life in remembrance Hallelujah Your promise I won't forget If ever I should lose my way If ever I deny your grace Remind me of the price you paid As far as heights reach from the depths As far as east is from the west So far your grace has carried me until I see you face to face Until at last I've won my race Remind me you're not finished yet Hallelujah 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 So if you're able, let's continue to sing and worship our God with the song, Who You Say I Am. And God, we know that you are good. And God, we are grateful that you say that we are yours. And we're being transformed and changed into the image of Christ each and every day.
Well, we know that we've got some more great news going on, uh, great news in the church. And to bring us that great news are the Short Brothers, and especially our graduate, graduate Jezariah Short. Fellas, take it away. Crossroads Next Steps News. Good morning, everyone. My name is Josiah Short, and first and foremost, I'd like to congratulate the whole class of 2020. We came a long way, but we finally made it. Here's your next step news for the week. You should have received a link to our returning to church survey in your email this week. This is our way to hear your thoughts and ideas for how we can safely transition back together in the physical church building when the time is right. If you haven't had the time to take the survey, please do so as soon as you can. If you did not receive an email or info isn't in our system, please send an email to crossroads at ccmonline.org or the link on the screen and we will get you connected. Now to Little Jack. Hey everybody, it's Jacques Short II. Um, Monday through Friday at noon, we gather on the church Facebook page for midday prayers. We use a guide to prayer, commonly known as the Blue Book around here, but you don't need one to join. You can order the book on Amazon at any time. Join us as we gather to pray for our community, our brothers and sisters, and the world. As always, you can find out about everything that is going on at Crossroads by going to ccmonline.org or on Facebook by searching Crossroads Church and Ministries. In a few minutes, you will see a clip from Orange, our kids' curriculum called The So-and-So Show. Your kids can watch the kids' service in its entirety by going to ccmonline.org slash ministries slash kids right now or any time during the week. You can see more info, info on the slide on the screen. Take it away, Jaquil. My name is Jaquil Shirt, and I am here to um, tell you about the three easy ways for us, for you guys to give into the offering this week. Um, so way number one that you can give into the offering is by texting a dollar amount on your phone to 84321. After that, um, follow the instructions on how to give. Um, way number two you can is by online, on the web, by going to ccmonline.org backslash give um, and then that'll take you to an on online giving portal um, and then you can just follow the instructions from there. The third way is by mailing your check to 717 US Highway 27 North Michigan, North, North Marshall, Michigan 49068. Let's pray for the offering together. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you've done in allowing us to come here today and gather here today. Um, please bless us as we give into this offering. I pray that you please return it to each and every one of us a hundredfold, Father God. Um, I pray that you bless us here and I give you the praise, honor, and glory. I pray that you open our spirits to receive your word. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name we pray. Amen. Stay, Stay safe. you broken down You can't find the fighter, but I see it in you, and we're gonna walk it out. And ooh, 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 mountains, we're gonna walk it out. And
How's it going, fellas? Oh, just having a little tasty treat. Nice. You got a story for us today? I do, um, but I can only find one so-and-so show player to help me tell it. Do you guys want to give me a hand? Yes, we do. Great. Today we're going to be using an oldie but a goodie, a flannel graph. This is how I learned Bible stories when I was a kid. Of course, our flannel graph, it's a little different. So, this guy right here is Philip. Philip was one of the earlier followers of Jesus. He's sometimes called Philip the Evangelist because he traveled all over telling people the good news of Jesus. So Philip was walking around one day when an angel spoke to him. And I'm walking, and I'm walking... And I'm walking. Philip. Huh? Whoa! Oh, what's up, Angel? 
Go south to the desert road. Which one? Oh, you know the one that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Oh, that one. Thanks, Angel. No problem. Bye. And I'm walking. And I'm walking. So Philip went where the angel commanded. And on the way, he met an official who worked for the queen of Ethiopia, traveling back from Jerusalem. And I'm walking, and I'm walking, and I'm walking, and I'm walking. Then Philip heard the Holy Spirit speaking to him. What's that? You want me to walk over to that chariot? Okay. And I'm walking to the... I'm here. He was led like a sheep to be killed. Just as lambs are silent while their wool is being cut off, he did not open his mouth. What does that mean? Hello! Do you understand what you're reading? How can I? It's talking about sheep and wool. I need someone to explain it to me. Can you? I think I can help you. All right. Well, come over here and sit beside me on my chariot. Beside you? Okay. A great leap. Don't forget your glasses. Watch my horse. Whoa, horsies. No reason. I'm just going to squat down a little. All right. (laughs) I'm almost there. Yeah. I'm almost there. I can. There you go. Just push you around. There you go. That is amazing. Great job. Easy peasy. The Ethiopian official was reading from what we call the book of Isaiah. Many years before, God had shown Isaiah a vision of the future, and he had written it down for all of God's people to read. Some of what he wrote was kind of hard to understand. That's why the official asked for help. Well, here we are on the back of this chariot. It's very nice. Thank you. (laughs) Get up, Bessie. Will, do you have any questions for me? Is Isaiah the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Is he the sheep led to be killed? Well, actually, Isaiah is talking about someone else who will come much later. Someone who will die as a sacrifice for all of our sins. Tell me, have you heard of the man Jesus? No. Oh, well, let me tell you all about him. Philip told the Ethiopian the good news. That God had planned for hundreds of years to send Jesus to pay for the sins of the world and that anyone who believes in him can be saved. So when they came to a body of water, Whoa! Look, here's some water. What can stop me from being baptized? Nothing! Let's go to the water! (laughs) Horses away! So Philip baptized the man right then and there. All right, are you ready for this? Yes, let's do it. Okay, here we go. (gasps) And after they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. Whoa! Where is the spirit taking me? Whoa! Whoa! Impressive. (laughs) 
Backstruck. Backstruck. The end. Guys, thanks for your help. That was fun. Yes, it was. You know what? I loved how the official wasn't afraid to ask when he didn't understand something. I know. We shouldn't let things we don't understand keep us from doing what needs to be done. So it's good to ask questions. Yeah, and it's good to make yourself available to answer questions others might have, like, like Philip did. Truth. Great story, Kellen. Thanks for letting us play. Later. Later. Hi, guys. Got a question for you. What would you say is the most important spiritual activity that you and I could do today? Go ahead, answer. You could tell the person that you're sitting with if you're with somebody at your house or wherever you're at. Maybe for some of you, you're thinking or saying prayer. Prayer is the most important thing. Of course it is. Communication with God. Some might say worship or being in this online service. That's the most important thing I can do today. Some might say to be compassionate and loving. Uh, some might say to be generous. That's the most important thing that I can do. Generous of spirit, generous in every way. Some of us might say to be more loving. That's the most important thing that I can do. I would contend that there's a spiritual activity that we all do every day, whether we know it or not, multiplied times over, that's more important than all of those because it undergirds all of those. And that is the spiritual activity of making decisions and choices. Holy Spirit-led choices. What a gift that would be if we could be led by the Spirit in our choices. It's interesting, the Bible starts out in Genesis, and most of us are familiar with this story, where Adam and Eve are in a garden, and the Bible says that God tells them, you can eat of any tree in the garden. You can have any of that to eat and enjoy, but you can't have this one tree. Don't eat from this one tree. Now, when we read that, most of us think it's kind of a binary choice. It's like there's two trees, right? We think there's two trees and there's a good tree and there's a bad tree, but that's not what it says. What it says is you can choose from this multitude of trees that are, that's good decisions, good choices, where there's this one choice you can make that's not a good one. The Bible starts out with a really important decision that has to be made. And of course we know that they didn't choose really well. They chose the bad tree. And so the story goes with humanity. Now later on, God speaks to Moses and the people of Israel and in the book of Deuteronomy 30, it says this, it says, see, I've set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction, kind of good tree, bad tree stuff. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. And then you'll live in increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're entering in to possess. But if your heart turns away and you're disobedient, and if you're drawn to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day, it just won't go well. Goes on a little later and it says, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you. For I set before you life and death, blesses, blessings and curses. It's a choice thing. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. And then it says, for the Lord your God is your life 
and will give you many years in the land as he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so it is with humanity, and so it is with us, that God gives us this beautiful opportunity and privilege to choose, to choose to live, to choose the goodness of God in our lives, to choose the abundance that only can come from God. Now, the question for some of us uh, might be, well, why does God even let us choose stuff? Why isn't it just the life and the abundance and the goodness and all of that, the, the pleasure, the joy of life? And why not just get away from the death and destruction? Well, this whole process started in the book of Genesis, and the death and destruction is really, it's just out there. If there's anything we all know in the world that we live in, is there is deep sadness around death and destruction. None of us think that we're getting out of here alive, right? And destruction, who could debate that or dispute that? The world is full of destruction. But what's amazing is that God gives us the opportunity. In other words, what God does here is says, I'm showing up on the scene to offer life, to offer abundance, to offer goodness, to offer, uh, to offer pleasure in your life and adventure unlike you have ever known. You can choose all of that or you can ignore my desires for your life. And then you're on your own. So have you ever made a great decision, a great choice? Claire and I were talking the other day and we were talking about what a great choice both of us feel like our marriage was and is. That getting married, even at 18 years old, we'll be married 40 years next year. And what a sweet spot in our lives. We just so love one another and are so grateful for our marriage. It's just outside of my relationship with God, there's not been a greater decision that I've made in my life. No doubt about it. And I made the decision to marry Claire at 17. Got married at 18. That's just remarkable. Have you ever made a bad decision? I think all of us have made bad decisions. I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life. I just made one the other day. I was, I was during this pandemic, you know, you can't get to the, can't get to the salon or the barber shop or the beauty shop or whatever you might call it. And I noticed I had a couple of gray hairs coming in and I thought, you know what? I, I can't get to get my hair colored there. So I'm just going to self dye. I'm going to go back to high school Brown. And I decided that I would dye my hair and try to look a little more fresh, you know, so sure enough, I did a little self-dye job, as you can see there, and it just was a bad decision. It was a horrible decision. Thank God that I could dye it back to the original color. Just a few grays coming in, and I'll be okay with that. Anyway, bad choices can have huge implications on our lives or some not such a big deal. But no matter how many bad decisions you have made, or no matter how many bad decisions I've made, God says to all of us on this day that we can make great decisions today and into the future, and that can make a huge difference in our lives. I think we all want great decisions, don't we? See, Jesus is more interested in our future prospects than he is in our past failures. There's no doubt about it.
Now, when we make decisions, when we make choices, we need to understand that there's a filter in all of us. Each one of us has kind of a unique filter. It's just a screen. It's a, it's like a filter that uh, any choice we make, any decision we have to make, we kind of run these questions through. We can do this in an instant. Um, and we make decisions based on that. So I want to add to your arsenal today three three um, kind of checks, three questions to ask to add to this arsenal in your life that I think could help you and help me make better Holy Spirit-led decisions. The, the checks are, you could write these down, are simply this. I think we need to check ourselves, check in with ourselves, right? Secondly, we need to check our story, our life story. And the third thing is we want to check in with God or check in with the Holy Spirit. So the first one is checking yourself. As a question for our filter, how that would show up is, am I being honest with myself? See, we've already established that we've made bad decisions in our life. Some of us, it's relational. Some of it might have been purchases we made. Some of it may be lack of physical care. We should have cared for ourselves. For some of us, it's all of those things and, and many more that have entered in. Now, um, it's interesting because no matter what the bad decisions are, I think we all want to, we don't want to make bad decisions, right? But part of our problem is we're not honest with ourselves. We don't ask ourselves good questions about what's going on in us. In Romans 7, I love when Paul, he says this because I think it's so true of all of us at times. It's like, the things I want to do, I don't do. And there are things I, I don't want to do that I seem to end up doing. Isn't that the truth? If we can start at this place of asking ourselves and being honest with ourselves. This is how it looks. See, because all of us have the ability to deceive ourselves. We have this ability to make things look good that really aren't good or to not be honest in our questions. See, what happens, this is how this shows up. Like, we know what we want. We enter into a situation, we know what we want, even if it's not good for us. And then we begin to, because we know what we want, we begin to talk ourselves into that thing that we want. In psychology, they call this confirmation biased. It's this thing where you just, you're going to talk, you, you want it to be confirmed that it's the right decision to make, even if it's not good. So what happens is we're just not honest with ourselves. We don't ask ourselves, really, Scott, is this good for you? Is this something that would be honoring to God? What happens instead is we decide we want it and then we begin to support it with the internal conversation. See, in other words, there's no salesperson like you for you. You can sell yourself better than anybody can sell yourself on things. Now know this, there's a couple of things to remember. First is that you rarely, you and I rarely have to defend a good idea. If you have a good idea and uh, you're trying to make a decision on it, understand if you're not needing to defend the decision, it's probably really is a good decision. Rarely will you need to defend a good decision. And then also you don't have to sell yourself on good decisions. Good decisions are just good decisions. They don't, they rarely 
need to be sold to us. We don't. So if you find yourself in this internal conversation of trying to convince yourself that it's the right thing to do, it's probably not the right thing to do. The second check is to check our life story. And that's simply this. Every decision in our life, every choice that we make, go. it's like a brush stroke. It's like a line written in a story. It becomes a part of our life story. So as a question, what do you want your life story to say? What would you like your life story to say? Do you ever want to tear out a chapter or two? Do you ever want to remove some of the writing that's already been done? Well, there's not much you can do about that, but we can do a lot about the chapters that are to come, including the one we're writing today. See, remember, when it comes to your life story and mine, that many of the choices that we make are full, they're highly emotional. Think about things like dating or relationships and how emotional the decisions are that you're making or considering. Or when you're buying something, it's an emotional experience. So what happens is we can be tripped up by what uh, researchers call focused illusion. In Marshall or in the city I grew up in, Melvindale, we simply call it the grass is always greener on the other side. It's also called by some focalism. It's what, what happens is if we want something to happen, we focus on just certain aspects, preferred aspects, while ignoring the greater story. So you're trying to make a decision. An example of this would be, is it, if the question were posed, is it better to live in California or to live in the Midwest? Most people, when they're posed that question, even people in the Midwest say, well, it's better to live in California. And the reason why is because the question gets kind of focused down. It gets, it gets whittled down to basically one aspect. And that aspect is California has better weather than the Midwest. The climate is better. But the truth is, is the question uh, is much bigger than that. And statistically, people are not happier in California than they are in the Midwest. So when you're, when you're trying to consider your life story, you need to consider everything. You need to step back and to consider. So it's not just about the climate, right? When it comes to this question, it's things like the cost of living, the congestion, things like the relational, the fulfilling relationships and the environment created by that, the rewarding work that's, that's, um, available and the lack in the Midwest, the lack of, weird people like in California. <laughs> anyway, you get what I'm saying. That is just a joke, kind of. Anyway, you got to step back and consider your life story. So step back and ask, is this the story that I want told of my life? When you're making decisions, understand you're writing a story. The first two pastors that Claire and I had both, uh, it's heartbreaking, both of the, the first two pastors that we had both ended up having their marriages destroyed because of infidelity. Now I know that at some point there were decisions made, and you know this too, there were decisions made and they never stepped back and said, do I want this to be a part of my life story? Because if they would have, there's no way they would have made the decisions they made. The one pastor was 
the pastor of one of the largest churches in the Midwest at that time. He ultimately ended up as a shoe salesman, which I know wasn't part of his long-term desire because he always was talking about his long-term desire to be a pastor for the rest of his life. So it's important. What do you want your life story to be? And thirdly, and I think maybe most importantly, but maybe least looked at, is the check of the check of the Holy Spirit. What is God's Spirit saying? I love this story that uh, we entered into this time with about Philip. The scripture tells us in several instances that Philip, led by the Holy Spirit, Philip is paying close attention to the Holy Spirit. See, it's not whether or not the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate with you and I. It's not whether or not the Holy Spirit is trying to help us make decisions. It's whether or not we're paying attention and checking in with the Holy Spirit. So, it's a question. When was the last time that you listened or paid attention to what the Holy Spirit might be saying when it comes to your choices and decisions. Sometimes you hear that language, I have a pause, I've got a check, or maybe you even feel this yourself, a red flag, a blockage, a hesitation. That might be the Holy Spirit trying to speak to you and I. Or maybe you feel freedom and you feel a release, or some would say an open door, a goodness, a confirmation. Remember, Jesus said that my sheep hear my voice. There's no place that we need to hear God's voice more than when we're making decisions and choices. So here's what we can do when it comes to listening to the Holy Spirit. And there's so much more we need to talk about when it comes to this, but I'm just gonna give you these couple of quick things. The first thing is when it comes to those blockages or checks, the hesitations is be with it, let it bother you. Stay with the hesitation. Stay with what is bothering you and let God continue to speak because God will take you through the whole process. Or if you're feeling a freedom or a release or a goodness around something, stay with that as well and let it grow stronger. Let it build. Let it come to a place where you have this affirmation and confirmation of what God wants you to decide. There is room for the Holy Spirit in all of our lives, isn't there? Claire and I, by paying attention, for instance, just to this, this most important principle, I think of things like, we have never purchased a house in the whole time that we've been married. Every house that we've purchased, we have always had the leading of the Holy Spirit, clear, clear confirmation of the Holy Spirit in one way or another. Why is that so important? It's so important because you and I cannot predict the outcome of anything, even our choices. How important is it to us to get the input from the creator of our life and the creator of the universe who knows us and loves us and has a plan and a, a process for our life that is much greater than we could ever imagine, hope for, or think. If I can't predict my future, if I can't predict even what will happen on the other side of a decision, how important is it to tap in to the power in my life 
that does know what's coming down the pike. I love what I heard one time, and this person said this, God will take full responsibility for your life when you are fully yielded to God. Let me say it again. God will take full responsibility for your life when you are fully yielded to him. So I want to pray for us all as we move on from this space. And God, I just pray even now for each one of us that you would help us open ourselves up in a, in a wide way, an open way, a receptive way to the activity of your Holy Spirit in our Help us, God, in our choosing and our deciding. Help us in making good decisions, honoring you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Love you guys. shine upon you be gracious to you the Lord's face turn toward you and give you peace Lord's face turn to all